All right, everybody, welcome to the DMV Sports Roundtable. How the heck are you? George is here. Jamal's here. Chris Chase is on Skype. Chris Chion will walk in at some point. Dimitri is on assignment this week. He'll be back next week. And a lot has happened since we talked last. Yeah, yeah, a lot of trades Kawhi Leonard's unhappy. DeMar DeRozan's unhappy. The Raptors fire their coach. They trade their top scorer who said they weren't going to trade. They're a dumpster fire Kawhi doesn't want to play in Toronto. They're ridiculous. That is the dumbest damn trade I've ever seen. How's this going to work out for everybody? And we were already ready to crush the Wizards for Dwight Howard. This seems to take the cake. I don't know why anybody would crush uh, the Wizards for Dwight Howard. He was the best on, you know, what do you want, Brooke Lopez? He was the best name left. I crushed him last week, Jamal. Oh, he was the best name left. I'm t- I mean, I know I where you. Him last he week. did. He did. <laughs> he did. He did. And I know where you're coming from in terms of you know what he brings, but I'm looking at it from the standpoint of what was left on the board and what was what was out there. That's probably the best they could do. Did you see the news this week that John Wall was talking to him throughout the entire process, which I yeah. thought was interesting. Yeah, they said he was same with Jeff him. Green. Well, that's good. Yeah. But he, it, was prob- uh, it was probably through Gortat memes that they were uh, exactly <laughs> communicating. But uh, John said that uh, Dwight had said something to him, you know, after a game this, you know, this past season, he wants to play with them. Oh, I didn't so, hear that. Yeah, said, that's, hear that's, that that's something that's probably been in the works. When that day and age now, where players tell other players they want to play with <laughs> yeah, them, of and, course. you know, it goes from there. All right. But, so who's the favorite niece now? Is it Toronto? No, it's not. It, I would say Toronto. If they let's say they had moved Valanciunas and kept Lowry, DeRozan, and you get Kawhi. Then you could try to say, okay, they've got a mini big three over there, and they could probably deal with Boston. This brings so many questions because you take away DeRozan. How does that affect Lowry's game? Imagine if you took Wall and Beal apart. Right. Their games would change sure. you know, to some point. I don't know how much is going to change, but it's definitely going to change it. And then you bring in Kawhi, who, for all intents and purposes, doesn't want to be there. Is even floated out that he wants to sit. I don't know if that's him as agent. I don't know who's doing that. How, but here's the thing with that: you played how many games did you played last year? Seven, eight, something like that. So all the, I mean, I, I just don't get how you can come in and all of a sudden you're just, you know, if he you won- played 82 games, because, I think that's different, right? Yeah, and you know what's crazy about it? He would have made more staying in San Antonio. They could have extended him five years. I think 220 mil. Right. And if he goes to, if let's say he. Some weird thing happened and he re-signs with Toronto. It's still less. And I think if he goes in and signs with L.A., I think that's 80 less, 80 mil less. So he really wanted to get the hell out of there. But what if you don't recover and he plays 10 games again? Then you swung and missed. And yeah. I, I think that's what they've done. I, I, yeah, it, I'm not sure what they're it, doing. It seems like Kawhi is getting... Whether I mean, there was that ESPN article, big blowout a couple of months ago that really talked about the Popovich dynamic with Pop and our GM, R.C. Buford, and, and what Kawhi was going through and how they were upset. Kawhi Leonard's camp was upset that the Spurs said he was injured because it made him seem like he was soft or whatever. Frankly, it would have made sense if the Spurs, if Kawhi had said he was injured for the whole season yeah. because then he wouldn't look so bad. Then it wouldn't look like he's a guy who's – you know, not playing the last 15 games because Pouting. he's trying to save himself right. for free agency or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. It would have made it would have made sense totally for him to say, "Okay, we're done for the year." And then maybe if he had come back for the playoffs, great. But if he doesn't, then there's no harm, no foul. So he has played this wrong from the get. And and what I was starting with with this was, I think he's getting bad and bad advice, bad information. Mm-hmm. And we see this so often with athletes who have uh, people around them, family usually that have, you know. 
even if you have the best interests of your athlete or your, you know, your son, your nephew, your cousin at heart, you're not equipped to make these decisions. And as Jamal just said, if it's about money, then you've just taken a huge bath. If it's about playing in Los Angeles, there had to be a thousand better ways to go about it than what's going on now. He can be in Los Angeles next year if he wants to be. It didn't have to happen this way, though. No, it didn't. But uh, I think the winner of this is definitely San Antonio because DeMar DeRozan still has three years left on his deal. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of young talent that that can be developed along with him and uh, Aldridge there together. And now you have a pissed off player that feels he's been betrayed. He's lied to. Uh, They say that your jury told him during summer league that he would not be traded. Yeah, that's the thing. And then they turned around and traded him. So the difference is they're both disgruntled, but it comes out in different ways. His, his, his being upset has nothing to do with San Antonio. He will take that because he has three years. He's not going anywhere. He'll take that aggression out on the court, and he'll be out to prove Toronto wrong. And that would, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, and that would definitely help the Spurs this season. Now, on the other side, Kawhi, you have no idea what he's going to do when he gets in that locker room. You don't know if he's going to be a silent cancer because he doesn't say more than five words. Right. So is he going to sit there and be silent and soak? Is he going to try to work out some sort of chemistry uh, with Lowry? How is all of that going to work? And I think there are more question marks with Toronto than it is with the Spurs. And I think they came out better. And Kawhi's going, I mean, and DeMar's going to play for Popovich. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't see what it does for, it doesn't really move the needle in terms of the East. I think that they wanted to. I think they swung for the fences and missed. Who took over in Toronto? The assistant, right? Yeah, I think so. So that's the other thing. And then, and then you get rid of the Casey, who's yeah. the coach of the damn year. Coach of the year, top scorer, gone. They have screwed And you this, get a guy who has zero desire, quote, no desire to They've screwed this offseason up tremendously right. from that move to this move. I don't know what the hell Toronto's doing. So, Chris, who's the top team in the East? Well, you know... Don't say I want to say it's I want to say it's Toronto. Uh, I definitely mm. don't want to say it's the Wizards. If by top team you mean maybe the top team to qualify for the it's eighth Boston. seed, uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> obviously, Boston seed. is the one that everyone's going to pick. But I'll tell you what: if you gave me odds right now, and you somehow put the Warriors at like eight to one to win the East, I'd bet them just because what? you know they could maybe make it happen. Like I don't know, maybe they could the see Warriors. it. Like the Warriors. the Warriors, the Warriors have a better chance of winning the East oh. through some through some sort of basketball black magic oh, see, the than, the Wizards, have, than the Wizards have. Than the Wizards have winning the East. I mean, seriously, and and that's the thing. The, the Warriors are going to win the East because it doesn't matter who wins the East because yeah. whoever wins the East is going to lose to the Warriors in the final. Exactly. Right. So, so I mean, that's the whole thing. It doesn't matter yeah, who wins the did. East. It's just it, everyone's playing for second. And frankly, in the East, you're playing for fourth or fifth because none of these teams would be top three, top four in the West anyway. Right. And, I mean, the rest of the – Indiana's made some, in, some low-key interesting moves. Tyreek Evans and Kyle Quinn. And they were already, you know, with Oladipo blowing up last year, they're one to watch. Milwaukee's definitely a, a team to watch. Philly, of course. Milwaukee's is, what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee's. That's a team that nobody's really talking about. Right. That is just quietly, even though they, they shouldn't have got rid of kid, but they're still quietly ascending in the East and people aren't paying much attention to them. They look at Attendacumpo, but they're not paying attention to Thon Maker and Bledsoe and Middleton and all these other. And they just bring in Lopez. So I, I don't, it'll be yeah, pretty I mean, good. I, I don't course. know about the Bucks because when you see a Ted and Kumpo 
and you see what they have around him. Like, yeah, I mean, if you squint, you might it be able to see. Yeah. yeah, you might be able to see how it looks good. Or if you squint another way, it looks like a church basketball team that has a guy who's 6'10 yeah. playing with uh, guys who are 5'6 and just, you know, one guy runs it all. <laughs> and that's the way I kind of think that Milwaukee's going to be. Uh, frankly, I don't see anything in the near future that's going to change that for them. I think he's going to be a one-man band and pretty much lost in Milwaukee unless they make some major changes. Yeah, I think they're stuck, you know. It's easy to get lost four, in Fourth or fifth uh, seed is probably, you know, where they're going to hover at for now. Uh, if they make some moves, maybe they get past that. But if they stand pat what they have now, they got rid of Jabari Parker, which yep. was, you know, curious. But, you know, that's fine. They, didn't want to, they weren't using him anyway. So let him go ahead and, you know, get as many minutes as he wants and with the Bulls and him and Mark and they can play the whole game and, you know, get, what, five wins? I don't know how many right. wins the Bulls are going to get. They're, they're terrible. I was just about to cuss. So uh, what? <laughs> All right, so what is so what is Carmelo if he goes to the Rockets? What's that do for them? It's it's it doesn't matter what anyone does right now. It, it, it's not going to make them any more competitive with Golden State than they are right now. I think everyone's saying it's but a they're competitive with Golden State. Yeah, but I Melo Melo using the correct way because Melo's going to have to make adjustments. Yeah, if you see if ISO Melo shows up, then that's a problem. That's because he's a black hole. Yeah. And once you pass in the ball, you might as well either go back on defense or just stand and watch. And you can't have that with D'Antoni's system. He's got to adjust and that's going thing. there. How does that work? Because those two hate each other. D'Antoni and Melo did not the Knicks? get Knicks the in New Knicks. York. They did, they did wow, not like each other that. at all. I forgot about so that. So how does that dynamic work? Yeah, I think I you think could bring the Lakers in it too. Yeah, I think that's adding too many cooks to the kitchen there. Yeah. In yeah. and the, the same possibility that we have with Cousins in in Golden State, right? Where or I should say Demarcus Cousins, because every time someone says Cousins, you think of Kirk Cousins. I, know, so, yeah, Kirk. I don't. So we'll say Demarcus Cousins. Uh, and I, I think that's what's kind of the thing with, with Carmelo and Houston. I think it's actually even more so because a he's going to be playing the whole year, and b I mean Houston is a team that was built upon baseball, a uh, basketball sabermetrics. Daryl Morey, the GM, is one of the pioneers of using the, the statistical revolution to kind of build up a team. And Carmelo has always been, except for his first couple of years when he was a high volume, high efficiency shooter. The past couple of years he hasn't been. So I don't know how he fits in unless, as George said, they use him in a very specific way in a very un-Carmelo way, and that's where I think the difficulty comes if in. If he's willing to come off the bench, then maybe. But is, it's all on, is he willing to take the back seat to Harden and, and you're Paul going to, to play the with the MVP. Gonna, you're better, and you're going to a team that you're going to have to, he's going to have to adjust. If he comes off the bench, then I think that's fine. But I think it makes more sense for him to go to the Lakers. Because at this point, Magic needs to try to appease, at least in the first year, Getting mellow would make LeBron a little more happy than bringing in McGee, Rondo, and Lance Stevenson. I think he's already appeased LeBron. Those are LeBron moves. Yeah, I, Stevenson's a LeBron move. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Did you hear what someone someone said? Those are all guys that were not scared to not scared of LeBron. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I see that. Which I I, see which that. makes sense. By the way, Chris Chan, let's let's have a pl- round of applause entered. for Chris Chan. And you know what? We've been getting a lot of calls asking where Dimitri is. Dimitri's on assignment this week. We get calls? We get, we got a lot of calls <laughs> since we started. <laughs> we so, started uh, that. I just wanted to make sure everybody, Dimitri's on assignment this week. So uh, 
You but know. yeah, if if T, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. What you guys talking a little? We're NBA? talking talking mellow Kawhi trades. I All think right. if mellow ends up in when we start talking Darius Geis, I got a lot of things to say. Okay, I hope they're all positive. Yeah, they Otherwise, are. You're gonna be arguing. I love this guy. But if mellow ends up in LA, I think that's a better situation for him because it, unless Kuzma, Ingram, and Ball just have incredibly you know unexpected breakout years. He's good. LeBron's going to get frustrated at some point. Speaking of ball, I thought the funniest thing this week was Magic telling Jimmy Kimmel about talking about LeVar Ball. Mm-hmm. If he's talked to LeVar Ball and Magic said, told Kimmel, he says, I'd call you before I call LeVar Ball about anything. <laughs> I mean, why would he? I don't know. I just why would he? I mean, I, I really hope with LeBron's presence that he kind of, you know, shut the hell up a little bit. That's wishing for a whole lot. You know, LeVar did say he, was another incident he did now. say he could beat LeBron one-on-one back in his day, too. Oh, Just like he man, could beat Jesus. Michael. He also said that uh, it was uh, the coach in his league, right, uh, roughed up one of the kids yeah, on saw, the team. Did you see the video on that? And then he basically said we're handling it in-house, but it's like, what if we did to one of your kids? He'd say I would like beat the hell out of him, essentially, so a little bit of a double yeah, standard. He, he, also, uh, Chris, are you? Uh, is it raining already in Ocean City? He's not in Ocean City. Oh, he's in the sounds like he's in, He sounds like it's <laughs> he's raining. He's wherever at the ocean. At. I think he. I think he muted it. Did we lose him? He said he was muting. No, I'm here. Okay, oh, okay. there he is. There he is. She thought you were at the ocean. He heard the background noise. I thought you were I on the beach. Jealous. He told you at Ocean City. Yeah, I wish. I wish I was there with you, bro. He's thinking of Ocean City right now. <laughs> yeah, I wish too. Sitting on the beach side. No, so. I'm camped in the backyard on uh, on Skype here with uh, my four-year-old having a play date. So I got kicked out of the house. Daddy. So you all, so yeah, I'm a second-class citizen in my own house. So uh, so, the, so the podcast, which should wait for no man, apparently has to wait for me. So here we are. No, that's, uh, that's okay. All right. Well, uh, so, all right. So, so for, what's the big takeaway? You guys are even talking about Carmelo Anthony? I mean, he's like, he's, he's washed it. up. I mean, he's not going to help LeBron. He's only going to hurt a trade. LeBron. It's a trade. It's, 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 it's a name that, that, you know, it, it moves meters still. Yes. You know, it's still a big name. So it bears some talking about. you make any arguments, about. though, for him having him on your team? I don't feel like he does anything at this point that's really helping the cohesiveness of the, the unit. I think the best thing. If he was willing to come off the bench, even if he did it last year, I think Oklahoma yeah. City would have been much better yeah. if he would have come off the bench with the second unit and been the second unit score instead of being out there with Westbrook and George and just making that dynamic very funny. Got and it. what about you know, now Schroeder is going there. Now he's back in that Westbrook. Yes. He's a bit of a problem lately. He's Schroeder? Got, Schroeder's got some, he's got an outstanding case or something going on and you know his comments about uh, the front office last year. We they, own, they were, we own that guy when we they were on the hell playoffs. bent on getting him <laughs> out of there. Yeah, they were hell bent on getting him out of there. All right, so uh, I think I do just you have anything to offer on Carmelo? He's ready to get. He's ready to get. I just want to get to training camp. Training camp. Are you ready for training camp next I'm week? Ready. I am ready for training camp. I've been doing a lot of research on guys. Is anybody like coming to guys. Richmond with me? No. Uh, you, if you want me to hey, come, if man, you get I want... me credentialed. I'm there. Yeah. I can get you credentialed. That's not a problem. I'm out of here. I'm but on the first can't, thing You smoking. can't show up in your Kirk Cousins jersey. Though. I don't have that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never had one. Speak for yourself. So are we going into training camp <laughs> get this year it. feeling optimistic with Alex Smith at the helm? And I am. now no more question marks about Kirk's contract. I mean, that's what we like, talked about last summer almost, right? It's a calm going in this year. It's, yeah. it's not so much of a, a damn circus and maybe we won't have as many ESPN and NFL Network and expectations out there. And it's great. Right now, the only thing I've heard is that NFL Network is going to be there one day. Great. And that is it. Good. Good. Good for you. That's Keep it, it. local. That's Keep it. it local. 
It's a boring team, which is good. That's fine. If they didn't, I mean, Alex, always Smith, Alex Smith is going to be the topic. I mean, of course, and see what he can do. Geis is, you know, a, a, a pick. Swearinger said this week he's going to make the Pro Bowl. That uh, Geis is going to make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. If this um, offensive line is healthy, I wouldn't put that did out of the realm of possibility. you see the video of Trent Williams working out with uh, with AP? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, did you see that? He's moving. Yeah, man. Uh, he's he's moving. ready. Yeah, he looked but ready to he, me. But I'll tell you what. Everyone who's going to Richmond is in the best shape of their lives, I've heard. Everyone's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, really uh, down me. after last year. <laughs> really hyped to, to change things up this year. There's a new direction for the team, George. And uh, and they seem to be really cl- – everyone's cohesive and clicking. That's this what I hear for well, that's what the skins and all, and all 32 teams all 32. in the NFL. Everyone's really, really uh, my favorite, coming, coming into camp ready this year. My favorite is this team won seven games last year and they were so injured. Well, you know what? Everybody's injured in the NFL. Yeah. Everybody's injured. Yeah, but did you know the off the, the way their offensive line was injured was obscene. Look, the that thing was that, ridiculous. The thing, Nobody else went through all of that. Look, and and, and we, I'm not being using an excuse. I'm just saying we were cycling T.J. Clemens and guys in off the damn street. No, that's true. But and the, the thing though with this year's team is is uh, is that they have plugged a lot of holes. Yeah. Okay, that they need. That is a good thing. They do have depth at positions. And they have youth. The problem is going to be the NFC is loaded. Yeah. This team has to win the division, yeah, to make the playoffs. They do. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily. You're not I getting think two you're teams probably... out of the East with San Fran. You have the Rams. You still have the mm-hmm. Saints, the Packers, the Falcons, the Vikings. NFC pa- South is loaded. Who NFC else? West is loaded. Panthers. 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 There's all these teams those, that can emerge. Who those two the Rams last no, year? I, and I get. I that. mean, there's always somebody new that comes in. No, I know. Nobody just, saw Jacksonville doing what they did. Like I, no, I, no one predicted that outside of Jacksonville. I'm just saying. I think their odds. If if I don't think the East is going to get two teams, is what I'm saying. I, it, I agree. It's no, slim. I, I agree with that. It's slim. It's something like Chris was saying. Something out I of the ordinary. Sources, have sources to told me one person on this podcast last week picked the Giants to win the East. Ah, uh, man, they're mm. going to do it. Worst to first, mm. five of the last six years for the NFC East. Yeah, right. Uh, the Eagles did it last year. The Redskins did it the year before. It's just true. It's yeah. five of the last six years. And, um, last year. Yeah, I, just, I mean, that team, that's a team you can look at and, and make excuses for last year. Well, they had no offensive line, and then Barkley went down. So, really, they became a one-dimensional Barkley team that didn't, have, yeah, no? that didn't have that dimension. I think now you look at them. Oh, back And – and you have Solder, and you have uh, Barkley coming in, and you have Odell Beckham, uh, you know, healthy, and uh, Eli Manning, who, you know, for all the for all the jokes I just made about, you know, coming into camp uh, fired up and uh, and motivated and in good shape. Everyone's saying good things about Eli because really he had a year off last year. He really didn't do all that much. Uh, I think he is primed. This is, I think, his last best chance to to put a winner out there. And I just, I, I think the Eagles are going to trip up. Because that's what Super Bowl winners tend to do when they haven't been there before, and the Cowboys. I mean, who knows? They could go ten and six. They can go six and ten, and there's not much in between. And we all know the Redskins. You know, it's going to be seven and nine after a, right. a two a two and four start. Right. You know, get to five and six at Thanksgiving, and then lose three straight to get out of the playoff race. It's we we all, we all know what's it's happening. So they don't true. Even need to play the season. Let me ask everybody this. <laughs> it's so true. What is your everybody? What is your uh, position matchup that you're really intrigued by going into training camp. Which position stands out to you the most with the most competition? I'd start with the wide receiving core, who yeah. is going to emerge as the person that develops the most rapport with Alex Smith. 
whether it is Jamison Crowder, who I probably think who has probably the best knowledge of this offense right now, who's going to take that Ryan Grant role in this offense? Wow. I like uh, Ryan Grant role. Yeah, the guy that is somebody that was uncovered because the other couple of wide receivers were uh, looked at and is going to make he had those... a role. Ryan Grant had a role? Yeah, and I wish he was still on this team. <laughs> oh, I was my a huge God. Ryan Grant guy. Nah, he's good. He's good where he's at. Indianapolis, he's, he's going to be he's going to be a playmaker. There's a well, wide receiver. Let him, let him stay there, and, and when his quarterback starts throwing real footballs, then we'll see what happens. So I'd wow. say wide receiver Paul Richardson. Where does he mix into this equation as well here? And you still have Josh Doxson. The development with him There's a lot of nice pieces yeah. with this wide receiving course. So that'd be me. I think if if to go with what you're saying with the wide receivers, if they don't try to make if they don't try to turn Richardson into Deshaun Jackson, and I I don't want Jay to get crazy having him just go deep and go routes all the time because he can run routes and he's got pretty damn good hands if they don't try to make him one-dimensional i think he'd be much more effective in the office i think for me i'm looking at the defensive line i don't know how many do they usually keep d lineman six seven seven depending on yeah six or seven because i'm i'm thinking that mcgee and hood are probably playing for the same spot you know he's gonna have a breakout year Who's that? Ioannidis. I think Ioannidis, Lanier. I really like Tim Settle. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are not there. Everyone's stuck on, they're stuck on Allen. They're stuck on Payne, which is what they should be. But I think in a rotation, Tim Settle, and if, if, especially if you do a, a go to a, a 4-3 look mm-hmm. every once and again, I think Settle is a big man that can move people. And he's got quick feet. For what I saw from him at Virginia Tech, he can get into the backfield like Payne in a minute. So I think he's going to factor in. The thing with this team is, what we haven't had in a long time, they have a glut of young talent. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what excites me. They have each position on both sides of the ball, have young talent that can emerge. They're all talented. Moreau, Monte Nicholson. Uh, you add Adonis Alexander now. So I, I'm all of it, but I also want to see what they do with Josh Harvey Clemens. I think they can. that's a piece they can move around and he can make plays in a hybrid sort of position. But for me, it's, a, it's the D-line. And All see, eyes are going to be on Mr. Geis as well, as soon as I mention that name. Right. I mean, it should be. Yeah. It I, should be. I have uh, been Who, giving some hot takes on Sir Sex and Fantasy, telling your them odd man that, out, uh, out of the backfield. Who's your odd man? Is Kelly your odd man out? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the comment that when we had Josh Morgan in here has stuck with me for months with the you're going to call your starting running back he's fat not, Rob He's Kelly. not Fat Rob anymore. I though. know. It just, so again, he's, he's, he came in slimmed down. He's in shape. Cut the dreads off. He's remade himself. So he's not Fat Rob anymore. Problem is the numbers are against him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Geis is a draft pick. P. Ryan, P. Ryan is a second, draft pick. Second-year player. And then you have Chris Thompson, who is – he can't do what Chris does, so he's not no. even in that conversation. Right. So he's – right now, they keep three. He's, he's the odd man out. And then they're talking about possibly implementing a fullback this year, something that Jay has not done before or has shied away from doing. So if that's it, then that, that might really push him out the door. But he's going to have to come in and improve what he can do. The fact that we have Geis and P. Ryan, I think now we can beat defenses up. Yeah. Because, I mean, P. Ryan's a battering ram. He puts his head down. He had, what, 2,000-yard games last season. When he can hold on to the ball, he's good. He can punish linebackers. He can punish defensive linemen. Geis runs with power, energy, enthusiasm. Not as wild as Matt Jones, 
It's like contained, mm-hmm. you know, fury. Agreed. But if you have those two and you can just go like the old Joe Gibbs, ground and pound, and just wear the defense down, then hit it with Chris Thompson, I think you can really open up some big plays as you continue to pound those two on first and second downs. Uh, I uh, I like Darius Geis in that he reminds me of Ezekiel Elliott. I like how you said that he doesn't run as wild. Right. Uh, almost 1,400 yards in an LSU team last year that you knew was going to run the football. They don't pass to their, no, their running don't. backs there. But I think he has a higher ceiling, and I caught some flack for this, than Leonard Fournette because I think – I just – I can see it. I think Fournette, uh, like he just takes a lot of hits and like – I like him, but I feel like he's a little bit more injury prone with his running style. Whereas yeah. Geis, I like these low center gravity guys. That's why I don't want to, uh, you know, you mentioned P. Ryan, 200 yard games. Yeah. Geis is a loser. And he, he can make guys miss. You and don't that's want, what Fournette can't really do as well as him. You don't want your running backs taking hits constantly. That just right. doesn't allow for a long career life or a long season life. You're playing 16 games. You want these guys to last. So um, I, I, I love this guy's pick. And I, I want to go back to a point you made, though, about the deep threat. I think this team would be well-served if they... Let's make a couple of deep threats. I think Josh Doxson can run, right? I mean, yeah. he can beat some corner. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but... Well, he he's not going to blow past anybody. Right, but if you have a couple of options, and a team's not just like, okay, he's on the field because he's going to try to run as fast as he can. Right. Have some... Take the safeties back. Take t- both of them back because you may have two deep threats on the field that can open up some intermediary routes where I think Jamison Crowder is your guy that... I think will really uh, connect with Alex Smith quite a bit this year. I think Doxson is one of those guys, even when he's covered, he's not covered. Yeah. Because of his leaping ability. His, exactly. His, he's able to get 50-50 balls. So even if he you throw a deep ball downfield, even if it's good coverage, there's still a good chance he's going to come down with it because he is very adept at going up and getting the ball, high point the ball, and getting away from the defender. So I think in that way, he can be a deep threat because he's got a huge catch radius. But in, in terms of, you know, blowing people off the line, that's Richardson. I think Crowder could even do that. But Crowder in the slot is great. I think mm-hmm. I agree with you that Smith will have a good rapport with him. If Reed, and we say this all the yard, everybody knows what I'm going to yeah, say. Yep. If Reed is healthy, he might benefit the most. Well, I was going to throw two questions out. One, how many games does Jordan Reed play? And two is, you know, for Doxon, last year was his first year, basically, right? Right. Okay. And he said that the big difference this year, he told us at minicamp, that was that he's not, you know, he had an offseason without any uh, need to recover right. for injury. So that would be, you know, that's a huge thing. You have, a, you have a quarterback that is not apprehensive to throw him the ball. Right. Because Jay and Kirk – did not trust them at all. And if he dropped one, which he, he did, he, he, which he did they, won't, they wouldn't go back to him. I think Alex Smith, that's the beauty of having Alex Smith. He has a clean slate with all his receivers and tight ends and running backs. So he doesn't have a favorite just yet. He's able to build a rapport with everyone as opposed to Kirk, who had his two or three guys, mm-hmm. and now the coach is telling him, you got to go to 18. He's like, I don't, I don't know what he can do. Right. He just dropped it. I'm not, going, I'm not looking back his way. You have to build up the confidence in Doxon that, okay, if I, if I make a mistake, that my quarterback is going to have the confidence to come back to me. So what's the biggest thing? Chris, I'll go to you first. What's the biggest thing with Doxon? Is it confidence? 
I think it's confidence, and I think it's the fact that he needs the complementary weapons around him. He can't be, you know, a number one guy. He can't be going up against a number one corner. I mean, there are no number one guys anymore. I mean, they switch right. off all over the field, but he can't be going up against the best corners in the game. I think he's someone that they need to have a deep threat to stretch the field. They need to have a guy who can go over the middle, and they need Reed to be healthy. And if you know, uh, and if that's able to happen, and they can have him as an intermediate threat, maybe a deep threat, then I think Alex Smith will be able to put the ball there. And that's, you know, I feel like in two months we're going to be doing the round table and we're going to be talking about the Redskins and a th- uh, receiving star is going to have emerged that we haven't either talked about much or we haven't even mentioned. And it's going to have seemed so obvious in retrospect. I'm like, of course, uh, I, I don't, it might not be Crowder. It might not even be Dotson. You know, it could be someone further down the roster. And I think that that's you know, what Jamal was just saying is that, because Smith doesn't know these guys, it opens up the door for anyone. And really, you know, uh, on this team, a receiver is only as good as his quarterback. And uh, I think Alex Smith is a step up, so we should see it. But again, it's all it's all it all functions together. I mean, if if they're able to have the guys P Ryan one two punch in the backfield, then they'll be totally able to get some time Fat to throw. Rob? Is Fat Rob gone? Well, we yeah. we kind of we, we kind of right? eliminated Fat Rob. Did I miss he that? I stepped out to take a phone up. call. You guys, you, yeah, yeah. But because he's cut his hair and he's lost weight. I said that to him, and he still called him Fat Rob. So he remade himself. I'll be honest. I did not recognize him at camp. Yeah, mini camp. I did. Well, not. that's good. I did not. I did. But I then did the fact not. that wow. they're talking about a fullback possibly in the mix now, that that makes it even harder for him to yeah. you know to 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 get in there. But in terms of wide receivers and those that you know people might not be that familiar with, undrafted. Uh, free agent Simi Cobbs from Indiana. You have Sims from Alabama, which I heard people liked uh, at the at the mini camps, the OTAs. He, he looked pretty good. Both big possessive receivers. Uh, also, Maurice Smith, who's been here, who had the great one-handed touchdown last year. Yep. I was going to say, we're going to talk about Brian Quick. Harris, Harris. Brian Quick. Harris. Yeah. What I call him? Smith. Mo Smith? Yeah. Is there a Mo Smith? Yeah. There's no Mo Smith. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know who, I don't know who the hell Mo Smith is. Mo Harris. Training camp. And... Right. and mm-hmm. um, Robert Davis. I'm intrigued by oh, Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially the way he tested at the combine. He can do he can do almost everything. He's checked a lot of boxes. So for him to get more opportunities this this preseason, I'm looking at him. Did you just say Brian Quick? Still on the team. So? You think he's going to get cut? <laughs> so. Yes. He's a big guy. We're talking about the, some of these guys I, I are just, little. I just named three young guys, big guys who are – I know what Brian Quick is. He might be odd man out. I, I, I know he what Brian Quick is. I don't, I don't need year. to see any more about Brian Quick. All right, so who's returning punts? Not Jameson Crowder. Uh, I beg to differ. You think yeah. so? Yeah. He's going. I think he's going to give him. I think he's really? going to have give him another shot. I think he is. Who else could? Who else could? <laughs> well, do that's it? the thing. I don't know who else is going to do it. I think Robert. They put Mo Harris back there, and that's ridiculous. They should I, try Mo Robert, Smith back there, and then he may get it done. Well, you can find Mo Smith and give him. A, <laughs> <laughs> let him know we got an invite. <laughs> I think Robert Davis can do it. Uh, Paul Richardson has has done it. Yeah, I like, Didn't Paul, he do Ri- it yeah, I like Paul Richardson to do it. Yeah, he can do it. Uh, oh, look on the other it? side of the ball, Moreau possibly. I don't know. I'm just you know just kicking names around. Whoever it is, whoever that it is, we know like he's going to fumble twice. It sounds like Crowder. He's going to fumble twice in big situations. That's probably oh, it, it, it doesn't matter who it is. Mo Smith, Mo Harris, <laughs> Mo, it doesn't, Mo Smith, Mo Harris. Quick, it, it doesn't matter. They're going to fumble twice. This is the They're going to call for terrible fair catches. I mean, you know, the, the, the punt unit on this team has 
has not been good since Wayne Severe left in 1992. Jeez. It's crazy how bad, how Wayne bad it is. It doesn't matter who's back there. Do you know how bad it is for, for, for this man on Skype is that he's longing for the days of Danny Smith? Wow. Yes. I've and that, I and for, him, Smith. for him, to say, I miss Danny Smith. So he was Danny a great Smith. guy to talk to. But... And that's how bad it is for Chris Chase. I'll give you one. This is this is uh. I can't, I can't take it. It's just on the unforced errors. Like I can take a guy throwing an interception if a defender makes a good play. I can take uh, you know fumbles. I can't take mental just yeah. mental errors and the stupidity. And when I see punts uh, bounce on the Muffed. you know like a guy called for fair catch on the five or you know uh, you know run out of bounds early because he uh you know is trying to stop the clock and the two-minute warning's already come like these are the things i can't take and the redskins do it so much and gruden hasn't gotten rid of it and shanahan didn't do it and even gibbs 2.0 couldn't handle it it's just one of these things that unless they stop making these mental mistakes and it does seem to be this franchise-wide problem i mean there's different guys in here than were here two years ago four years ago six years ago but they make the same mistakes over and over again and special teams there's a lot of coaching involved there's a lot you know talent needs to be there but they don't make the easy plays they don't make the right plays and that to me is coaching and personnel and you know what the crazy thing and i'm is? fired up i know you are <laughs> thank god you're outside fired up at the play date uh and you know what the thing is it's funny because all the talk about special teams and how important it is they spend a lot of time on special teams it doesn't every show. practice wow. they have two to three horn sessions when they're doing drills and then they go to special teams at least two or three times well, where, within where the, the within the two hours and then then and then in camp they have one or two special teams only practices where? they spend a lot of time on this which it is what blows show. you away That's i know embarrassing. i know there's you put that much work into something and when it comes to game time you suck and gibbs was always a big special teams yeah. Wayne, they they had they did it all the time and these guys do it all the time now whether it's a thing where they go to special teams and then you take it's the different you, you take the mental coaches. you know the mental lapse I, but i'll give you one more name that could possibly if he makes the 53 that could possibly be your guy returning points and i think <clears> i've sent you the youtube video martez carter out of grambling Oh yeah, little yeah. short guy, kind of sprosish. I don't think he's gonna make the team though. I don't know if he's gonna make the team. Yeah, but he can. I will tell you what, he mm-hmm. can do some things. If you people out there that's listening, never heard of Martez Carter before, go on YouTube. Just take a look at his at his highlights real quick, and it's gonna blow your damn mind. <clears throat> now, if he does anything like that during preseason, he could be one of those. You know, Brian Banks was it Brian Banks? I'm a Brandon Banks. Brandon. 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 Banks. I was calling oh, all the wrong names this guy. afternoon. That guy. But yeah, didn't he win a CFL title? He sure did. He did. That guy. Was but he can he can no he can do something in the preseason that will make him the Marcus Mason, you know, the Colt Brennan of of this year's, uh, you know, unsung heroes in in training camp. But for what I saw, he's the a Marco, little fella. Marco Mitchell. Marco Mitchell. He's a little guy. I love this conversation every every he's training camp. He's built low to the ground. He's hard to tackle. He's got good balance. Great speed, acceleration, and he makes people miss. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if he can bring that to the NFL level. Now that was the swag and it was grambling. You know, people talk about that competition, but just the ability I saw from him, it'll be interesting. But he can also help you uh, on special teams. You know, if he's going to have a big year. Yeah, I don't know what you about to say. What? Who's that? Now see, now you don't have to what, have that attitude. What are you gonna say? I'm going to give you a name. <laughs> you say have something a big crazy. Year. No, I'm not. <laughs> Dunbar, Quentin Dunbar. 
I'm I'm with you. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, oh, you. thank you. But yeah, but, but 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 <laughs> I also think that I my favorite. I, I know Dunbar. He got paid, so he's going to get the first crack at it. Yeah. I think Fabian Moreau. Yeah. Could possibly cement a role. I don't know where, because I don't think him nor Dunbar can Dunbar play inside. I think those two are. It could be a, purely uh, outside, uh, outside guys. guys. Yeah. Also, Hosley is someone to look at. Oh, I forget in the that. nickel. Jamal has mentioned uh, Fabian Moreau three times in the past six minutes. Yeah. So I'm putting money down <laughs> now. That he, How many times I say his name? Is, he is Jamal's new Samaje Pirine, who will be mentioned every week during the roundtable. So we're gonna have it. We're gonna set up a drinking game. We're gonna, you know, have some beers uh, for Fabian Moreau every time because I I can feel it coming. I can feel Fabian Moreau emanating from from Idaho Ave. We really I want have to Fish do. Smithson. Oh yeah, well that's that's, <laughs> the, that's best the best name, name on the damn. You know, team. we really have to do is take this show on the road and record this live somewhere. That's just me. Well, wow. I actually, I actually <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Chris, can you hook that up? Uh, I don't know can about go that. Go live in secrets. Man, if, if only. I man. think we're saying secrets too. My secret really wants to get out of here and get on the road. Well, that's all right. I'm going to go uh, to Atlanta and party with the boys in a couple of weeks, George. I haven't told you that yet. George, my boss, makes the schedule. Now it comes out on the round table. But I did want to ask George about for our listeners. Those who have never been to training camp, what does it entail? Like, what does the schedule of the day look like? So this year, they are moving the actual practice to the morning. It used to be in the afternoon. The That's walkthrough smart. is in the morning. So practice is at 940, and you'll see two hours of that. Uh, and then uh, the walkthrough is at 440, which is a long, stretched-out day. And in the walkthrough, it blows my mind how many people actually sit there so what happens is after the practice, last year the walkthrough was in the morning, it was like 10 to 11. And then practice was at 3, 3 to 5. Mm. People would stay from 11 to 3 on campus what? there. They get the food trucks and okay. some games and to sit there for the walkthrough. And they literally walk. The they heat. come out in just a, their, their numbers yeah. and will literally walk through plays for about 45 minutes. And people stay there and watch that. It blows my mind. Now this year, dedication. with the practice at 940 over, let's say, 1130, 11:40, I you're not going to get people that stay there five hours during the day and wait for no. the walkthrough. The only reason they waited was to get to the practice. Yes. That was that was the payoff. But even so, if, I don't mind the practice in the morning because, A, you know, media-wise, you get your work done and you don't have to worry about the walkthrough right. in the afternoon. And then they, they don't risk the – well, you're always going to risk it, but the thunderstorm issue, the mm-hmm. hot heat at 3 in the afternoon, although it's some going to be hot. It is going to be hot. But some make the argument, you know, you want to practice in those conditions. Not in the thunderstorm. But, no, not in the storms, but – so that's that is. I mean, yeah, but how, how many games are you really going to play in that type of heat? They're going to Arizona to start Early, the year. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't is Arizona inside? I think it's oh. like climate controlled. I think yeah, inside. I guess it is. You're right. You're right. But, but it's, I, not, it's not like it's you're, no you're in the Sun Devil Stadium. They don't play at Sun no, Devil Stadium no, anymore. Inside, oh man, man. You know. it's not like you're in the the, the hot desert, desert heat. You know, no, they're they're climate controlled. So that's training camp, and they, in a nutshell, and you don't get any hitting because they can't hit anymore. Yeah. It's not really. They get the jets. crazy. You don't like practice tackling drills and stuff like that. They I mean, do they not, do that during practice during have, regular season. They have they those tackle. new dummies now. They don't tackle. Don't they have those motorized dummies that like the the hitting dummies that like motorize and move and then they run and tackle them? Oh yeah. Well, they push them and move and then they and then they they yeah. that's the only tackling they do. They do not. Tackle. Well, it's good wow. because with uh, you know, it's not like there's any new rules this year that are going to be enforced strictly that they're going to have to learn on the fly. I mean, come on, like they need to be learning this stuff 
Yeah. Obviously, I, yeah, I don't want people throwing around the crowns at, uh, at practice, but this is going to be a huge, it already is, a huge point of emphasis with the NFL. But the officials are only learning it now, and if the officials don't know it yet, the players sure as heck aren't going to know it. So it's going to be a very fast guys. Uh, yeah, who's going to get the most personal foul penalties? Uh, you know what? Early money, I think, on Fabian Moreau. <laughs> See the one, you know what the one of the best days of training camp is the uh, best interesting is when the officials come and talk to us and they go over their whole presentation about the new mm-hmm. rules and they show videos and you can ask the officials then they're on the field for a couple of days with so these guys the new catch so they learn they learn like they go to the hotel and meetings and they they meet with the teams and everything they, they go through the whole thing and like as chris was saying these guys the officials are learning stuff too and also yeah. didn't we have two or three officials retire yeah. So yeah, you're going to have new like, yeah. Steratore, Steratore, muscles, uh, what's uh, his name? Hockley. Yeah, Hockley. and Hockley retired. So you're going to have a couple you know, new guys out there as well. Yeah. So they're all going to be learning. but you know. And they got the Jets coming in. Yeah, you know what's going to be fun about that? nobody that, that excites no, me. Yeah, but you know what's going to be good? You've heard the guys prior. talk already about Terrell. First of all, he could be hurt by the time they get here yeah, anyway. he might not even show up. But like Swearinger, when he said last year we couldn't touch him in practice, I bet you bet this year we're going to touch him in practice. I can't wait for that. I mean, that's that's well and good, but I mean, I, like you said, it's it's a flip of a coin if he even is dressed. And that's the last three days of camp. Then they play that game. That yeah, Thursday. he might not here, even yeah. he might not even be dressed for that. And there's nobody else. Well, last time the who was here last the Texans they had that huge fight. That so was beautiful in the rain. That was awesome. I was happy to be there for that. I love that because they were so pissed off that Matt Jones was running yeah. so hard. Yeah. I like that. I like the fact that you had somebody going hard to the point that they complain. But in the flip side of that, you had the uh, D Hall thing with uh, Hopkins, and Hopkins broke him down, and D Hall tore his ACL. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't come out too good on that one. But Hoover, yeah. okay, you like you like the Jets, don't you? You you said does some he like the Jets? no. He said some favorable things about the Jets. I think Robbie Anderson's uh, an explosive player. Right? Who so is, are you uh, excited to see Robbie Anderson? Who are you excited to see? Or interested to see from the Jets when they come to training camp? Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold, and I would say yeah. somebody that uh, I, and, and that's not because I think he's that great. I, I'm you. They just don't have talk, much. You heard me talk my glowingly about uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, the Jets safeties, Adams, and the other guy uh, that's uh, okay. escaping my head uh, at the moment. But uh, the Jets have actually some. I don't want to say even yeah, the word decent, decent but like Quincy and Noon was back this year for yeah. them. They have Bilal Powell still, who I, I swear it's weird. I, I think like he might be on PEDs or something. He was like a nobody when he like came in the NFL, and then all of a sudden he like burst up and got these muscles and like runs like four threes when now he down got- the field. I wanted him before he got drafted yeah. because I started to look at different, uh, you know, I've, I'm a YouTube scout. I don't have all 22, whatever the, the real Mayock and those guys have. So, you know, I'm a, a bootleg scout. You at can times. get that, you know. Really? Get it for me. But anyway, for now, I'm a bootleg scout. <laughs> so, but I did look at, just like Martez Carter, I looked at some games that they had, whatever they had available, and highlights of Bilal Paul at Powell at uh, Louisville. And he blew me away. Yeah. Just like Kenneth Dixon. I wanted him, you know, when he came out. But, yeah, Bilal Paul, he's – I don't think he's he's not as – he had a pretty good season, you know. Uh, yeah, last not, year. nothing special. Yeah, but I, I thought he had much more ability than that uh, coming out of Louisville. And he's kind of – I don't know if it's just playing with the Jets. 
Well, you mentioned being a YouTube scout. That was me this week uh, as I was doing research for the Dallas Cowboys, and I was doing a lot of Michael Gallup research. And Gallup is interesting. I like that kid. He is not your like prototypical size, but he's he plays like he's he like plays, 6'3", yeah, he plays like he a big will, receiver. He will hit you, and and I like he's physical. Of, he's not he's not blazing fast. Because I don't love the Allen's Her- the Allen Hearns signing. I mean, they only got him two years. Well, uh, now they're million. going with you. Heard Dak say, "Well, I don't need a we don't need a number one." Wide receiver, which I disagree, and they with. also don't right. have a number one tight end either. So they got they've got a, a lot, and they've they've got. But look at our team; we don't have a number one receiver here. I mean, who or, or you tight have end. options, or what, Chris? Or, or, or tight, tight end. Well, you have I mean, a, you have a number one tight end. He's just not healthy. Ever, but so ever. you still you don't have a number one tight end. We do have a number I mean, one tight end. He's not he's not going to be healthy. He's going to play a maximum <laughs> of nine games this year. So you don't have one. I mean, uh, and and you have to get one. I mean, the NFL is all about replacing guys before they're. Yeah, while they're still in their prime, because the primes end so quickly, I, I think this Jordan Reed thing, I'm expecting him to still be on the field for you know, 14 games a year, I think it's crazy. I mean, they, they need someone else. They need a reliable guy in the middle. Jordan just, Reed's not it. He's one concussion away from yeah. from uh, retirement. I, I and you're told. right, and that's the thing. I don't even consider him anymore. I don't even think about him. You have right. to, I know. But I, when we're talking about this offense, I don't, you know, Jordan Reed should be the first guy you mentioned. Yeah, I not. agree with that. I think it's just, it's my optimism that, He's so talented, and you know when he's on, he's good. And I get it; he's never healthy. You know, he's one concussion away. He's got bad toes and all this other stuff. And it's just that little bit of fan in me that just—I don't want to give up on that all that talent just yet. Because you've seen people give up on players and go somewhere else and blow up. And I just don't want that to happen. But. I, I I agree with you guys halfway because that's the reality of the situation. It's the delusional fandom that wants me to keep you know being optimistic for him because he's so talented. But you know you guys are making me look at the raw reality. Well, I and think I don't like it. Chris's point is good, and I agree with him hundred <laughs> percent. There like there is though the sort of stopgap uh, short term with Vernon Davis being that he has the rapport with Alex Smith from their days in San Francisco. That's true. So, and I didn't like really anybody coming out of this tight end class no. that was just drafted. I mean, Hayden Hurst. I think the Ravens had a horrendous draft. Uh, they already Hurst have a Lamar thousand Jackson. damn tight ends in the first place. Their quarterback yeah. room is something else, though. How many freaking tight ends do they need? Their quarterback room is something else. And I'm not saying I don't like Lamar Jackson's raw ability, but I just, I don't know. I don't think he can throw the deep ball with this any is, efficiency. This is, this is what I predict for the Ravens right now. Not this season. Next season, when Lamar Jackson takes over for Joe Flacco, when Le'Veon Bell How about is, game eight this year when he takes over? Well, you do that. Le'Veon Bell will not be back with Pittsburgh. Where's the best landing spot for him? Especially if he's feeling vengeful, like maybe Des Bryant. Wow. Baltimore. They do not have. I can see that. They yeah. do not. Alex Smith. And Alex Smith. I'm calling him all Alex crazy Collins names. is really good. He's to me. He's not Le'Veon Bell. So is Mo Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Smith no, was an uh, all-star. He, he's not, but he's like also 24 with a lot less miles. That's, 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 that's Alex Collins. But, oh, yeah. but do you see how Alex Collins runs? Yeah, he runs. Uh, he runs hard. Yes. So that build mileage, that tread will add up quickly for someone that runs like him. Then you've got uh, Kenneth Dixon over there. They've got they've got a, a bunch of running backs, but there's no one for them to say. I'd rather keep this guy than try to go get Lev Bell. Because if you put Lev Bell in the same 
backfield as Lamar Jackson, that's a headache that no defensive coordinator wants to deal with. And you can get as creative as you want with those two because of what Lamar can do with his feet. Le'Veon Bell is the most complete back in the league in terms of what he does running the ball in the receiving game and blocking. I'm, so, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm Googling Eric DaCosta because I'm curious as to that? what. He will be taking over Ozzie Newsome as GM, GM. of that team next year. Who's going to be coaching the Ravens? Oh, if I oh. think it, Harbaugh's got to go to the playoffs this year. It's yeah. over. Yeah. I, I would hate to see Harbaugh leave. I, I like him as a coach. All right, let's do this because we've, we've, been, we've been going on. Let's do rambling. this. Let's go. I'm going to pose two things, all right? All right we'll go around good. the table. Sure. Then we're going to get out of here before training camp. Two things. <laughs> uh, one is your biggest question mark slash concern heading into training camp. And two, how hot is Jay Gruden's seat? Chris Chase, you go first. It's funny because my biggest concern going into training camp is Jay Gruden's hot seat. Uh, just because in the NFL, we always see teams that start one and three, one and four, come back and, and put together a, a deep run, maybe not into the playoffs, but at the last week, we saw the Chargers do it last year. They started 0 and 4 and mm-hmm. came back at 9 and 7 and had a late loss. Uh, I worry that the Redskins get off to a tough start and against the, you know, their schedule is very tough. It opens kind of, uh, you know, it's the old Jim Zorn. They're staying medium the first three, four weeks, but they have that early bye week. And I'm just so worried about what happens if the Redskins go into that bye week and they have no wins, maybe one win. And it's unavoidable. Even if Snyder uh, and Doug and Bruce have no uh, interest in letting Gruden go, you know, it's going to be talked about because this is Dan Snyder and this is what he does. So I'm worried that the off field distractions are going to, you know, overtake this team we've talked about how it's way too calm entering training camp there's no buzz nothing's going on uh what better to you know what better Hmm. buzz than a coach on the hot seat or a quarterback controversy so we don't have the we don't have the ladder so it's going to be a hot seat coach what's your biggest concern that's it. That's it. The That's only it. One? Yeah. I mean, oh, he killed then, the words. He killed words words of one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, I'll say on field. Yeah. My biggest concern is the D line. Uh, after Allen went out last year, they just fell apart. Yeah. Uh, let's see what happens this year with, um, you know, with two Alabama guys in the middle and, and what they can do and whether they can sort of facilitate uh, a run stoppage so the past defenders can, uh, can do their thing. For me, the biggest, my concern is the health of the offensive line. I think as this offensive line goes, this offense can go. If that offensive line is healthy, my biggest concern also along the line is just one spot, is that left guard once Mm -hmm. again. Right. Uh, And along with Rulier, because there's not really, he doesn't have much behind him. If something happens to Rulier, that center position is, they've got two behind him I've never heard of them before. And that's saying a lot. I don't know who the hell they are. But what are you going to – is Nseki going to be tried at left guard? Right. Are you going to go back to Laval after we've seen what he's done? Uh, is Kawanjo going to ever, you know, materialize? Is he going to get a second shot at it? That it, that left guard worries me the most out of anything. Because if Moses, Scherf, Rulier, and Trent are healthy, mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah. And if that offensive line stays intact and they're healthy and they play – like they can play because they, they can play as a cohesive unit. We've seen it. And Darius Geist gets going. The running game is going. Alex Smith has enough time to sit there and pick people apart. He's not running for his life, even though he can move. Unlike Kirk, you know, who's standing like a Statue of Liberty. 
but he can move. But it allows Alex. You give Alex Smith time. He can pick you apart methodically up and down the field. So I think that's the biggest thing. Right now, for me, Gruden's seat is room temperature. Yeah. You know, but it can heat up very, very quickly. He has not given Snyder or Allen or anybody enough confidence. He hasn't put enough on his resume to stand on and say, you know, you know, he'll be okay. He can weather this. He hasn't done enough that he can stand on his resume and what he's done here to say, I deserve to be here long term. He hasn't done enough. So this is a very critical. It's a tough, as Chris says, a very tough schedule. You know, if, if health is health and development of younger players and Alex Smith, they'll be competitive enough to win some of those games that look like losses. Mm-hmm. But if not... Yeah, by by mid season, yeah, he might be out of here. You know what's funny is just not to go off topic, but you talk about the the injuries and just look at last year's schedule real quick. If if you had a, and I know the injuries are a big part of it, but how many times did we say that this team could compete with anybody last year? I think if if you have one Their or two first guys five healthy, games, they showed it. If yeah, if you have one or two guys, one or two more guys healthy last year, you don't lose the Saints game. You would hope not, right? Mm. The Giants game at the end of the year, if it actually meant something, you think they'd have lost that game? Who knows. I mean, so you know, it's and if if you get that get that last touchdown in Kansas City, oh, that's right. KC Doxson Doxson holds on to the ball. But you know, you see, you saw the way they they at the, missed the begin, a field goal in that game, right? Yeah, beginning yeah. of that game, they dominated Kansas City on both sides. They of the went ball. to Seattle and won, right? So you know, they went to they went to L.A. and manhandled the Rams. It's because I was there. Well, mm-hmm. you know, they get a good luck charm. We all Place know that. was awesome, the Coliseum. But, but anyway. then when oh, yeah. the yeah. Raiders, who were then, what, 3-0? and Oh, that's right. Sunday Night Football. They handled them. Yeah. But that's when everybody was healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that on top of, I think they've added more talent. You have more young talent through the draft. Uh, we, we, we didn't mention uh, Pernell McPhee, mm-hmm. who won't necessarily help you rushing the passer. I think that's an issue. That's another thing I want to ask you real quick. I've seen little things here and there on Twitter about the possibility the door's still open for Galette to return. He's even kind of hinted at that himself on Twitter. I think that's Twitter. him. I don't know how much how real that is. Chi, do you want to give yours real quick before you have to real go? Quick, real yes, quick. Yes. Uh, so, yes, my uh, biggest question mark of the team is the offensive line. I don't think they are probably in the top half of the NFL uh, in terms of run blocking and pass blocking if you view them as a complete unit. And what they do, and if they do have any injuries, this will. I, I've compared Darius Geis a lot to Ezekiel Elliott, but I think that if they're not moving the uh, right. the boys in front of him, he doesn't matter how great you are if you don't have any holes to run through whatsoever. And, and you're getting wouldn't be like that if he didn't have that wall Correct. in front of him either. And then on the flip side of that too, Alex Smith is 34 years old, and we got to make sure that he's protected because he can't be taking any major hits from some but of he's these. Spry. Yeah, I know, but these Philadelphia Eagles defensive ends who are coming off the edge now uh, worry me a little bit. You, I know, but they're a little bit older too. But Yeah, Michael Bennett's old as hell. Yeah, he's but, not necessarily in his 20s. They'll still get after the quarterback in that. Uh, we don't need Alex getting hurt. He's the, he's the guy here for a couple of years. So, But he's elusive enough. He's not going to stand there like Kirk and just take sacks. What about Jay's seat? Uh, with this franchise, I, I almost think that he's like going to be safe no matter what. It's like the Hugh Jackson scenario, just not as oh, bad. No. It's like, well, yeah, what are we going to do? Keep just moving on with these different uh, guys that head coaching and rebuilding again. So I think it's uh, unless he has a disastrous four and twelve campaign, I think he can still survive. 
Potentially. I'm not saying definitely. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they do not make the playoffs. All right. If, I see, see, if Harbaugh's I, I, on a hot seat, then, 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 then he should be. Chris Chion, thanks for stopping in. Um, if Harbaugh's on a hot seat, then Gruden should definitely be I, on the Because the thing now with that extension for Gruden, I think now you get into where it doesn't, doesn't really... You know, it's not low, how long no, is it? The thing, it's not I don't long. know. We got he signed. What he signed? Two years. It's right? a two year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but here's the thing with Gruden. Now, you have your quarterback. You have a guy mm-hmm. who's does you wanted the no more. Hand you know, pick, yeah. No more one year, one you know whatever. And I'll be honest, I think that cannot be. You know, all the the make fun of the whole Kirk Cousins things we want as we want we've talked about, but I don't think that could be understated enough, boys. Yeah. That is a going to be a huge thing in this locker room because there were guys last year they were questioning and we've talked about it questioning where his head was yeah. last year. His commitment. His commitment. And I mean, you know, he said all the right things, the players said all the right things, but I know for a fact guys were questioning mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, are you going to put yourself out there for this team right now knowing where you're going? I think it takes a load off of of, of Gruden as well. You can see at the end of the season yeah. and we talked about it it was just it's wearing on him, yeah. you know, to have to keep talking about it, have to keep wondering, you know, is this the year? Who is he going to be here or not? Because he was not going to be here. I don't want to talk about that's it. That's the thing. And I so think, now that's off his plate and he can just concentrate on football. And I think Gruden is, uh, I think Gruden is a very good offensive coach. I do. I think he is. I think we'll see now what he can do with this quarterback, with some offensive the main weapons. Thing I want, we'll see. Commitment to the run. That's well, what I want to see got, from him. But he doesn't had he hasn't had one. He hasn't had a guy. Yeah, but even still, you you got to we'll keep if Geis you, is you, everything you advertised. If Geis is everything is advertised, and I think he is going to be. Yeah. Then I think you're going to see some fun. For me, my biggest so so Jay so 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 you know like Chris said the early buy, that worries me too. But yeah. you know, I think it's also a the situation is is a seven and nine going to cost Jay's job another year. You know, is it, or does it depend on how you got to seven and nine? Mm-hmm. You start off six and two, and you get to seven and nine. That's probably not good. Right. I mean, I, I, I think this team is anywhere from seven wins to <clears throat> ten or eleven wins, depending on which way the ball bounces. Yeah. You know, stranger things have happened. Uh, if it comes together, it, it seems like every season it we say this, and it never comes together for them. If it comes together health wise, development of young players. Alex Smith and everyone, they have weapons on mm-hmm. either side. They have talent. It's a talented team. If all their talent comes together as a cohesive unit, I don't see why they can't win 10 11 games, even with the schedule that they have. And that's the thing. The other thing is the schedule. And plus, you, Jay, you, and some of those you don't want to have a down year. You don't want to miss the playoffs three straight years either, though. No. No, that, that's almost the kiss of death. That Chris said, uh, you know, Hugh Jackson, no. No, I don't. I don't, I don't they, it, Dan Snyder is not going to hang around for Hugh Jackson, sort of. You no. know, if you go on this long and you have him produce, then now nah, we're good. We'll find somebody. I think else. I'm with Chris on the defensive line though, because you saw last year when those. I mean, you can go either line. I think that's the yeah, big key. The, I have a line. De- yeah, defensive line, I, and I think Jonathan Allen can be a star. Yes, I think they were so affected by yeah. him, and even Ionitis fed off of having him on the other side. Yeah. And then both of them did not have a true nose or a difference maker. Somebody put pressure up the middle like Payne can do last year. The McGee can't really do it. Hood is not. They are not nose tackles. But now you bring in Payne. Now you bring in Settle, two guys that do play the position, and they can be effective up the middle. Those two 
should be, you know, very good. And let's not forget about Lanier. Lanier has shown flashes. If he gets continuous in the, in the rotation, if healthy, he showed that he can affect the game as well. I think it was the Arizona game. He had a bunch of sack, couple sacks and mm-hmm. batted balls and stuff like that. Preston Smith has got to put up yeah. a shut up. You know, if he doesn't produce, then, you know, it's just you got to move on. Lots of questions. And to McPhee be answered. can stop the run. Doesn't but you know what? The fun starts next week. Next week. George will right, be we live. Got, we got, hey, we got, hey, now there's the party. <laughs> All right, Chris, final parting thoughts from your party that's going on over there. <laughs> uh this is going to be an interesting month because I think there are a lot of holes to fill in the starting lineup, and this team needs to come together. Uh, you know, I think in the depth chart, it's so wide open right now that you can literally have any, you know, what, there's 22 guys uh, starting. How many guys are locked in as a starter? 10, maybe 11? I mean, I think there's not that many. I think there's a lot of guys who can lose their jobs. So this will be the rare training camp that I think is kind of interesting, that this third preseason game might actually determine not just cuts but who stays on the field. So uh, for the first time in a while, I'm excited about training camp. The season less so. Uh, This is an 8-8 and team, and they can be like the Chargers last year and outscore outscore teams by 90 points and miss the playoffs, or they can be like the Bills and get outscored by 80 points and make the playoffs. So, you know, it's who knows with this team, but uh, I don't see anything big. But, you know, 10-6 and might be all it takes to win the NFC East, and that is, I think, in the realm of possibility. And you know what's funny is last year, thinking about it, if this team had won 10 games, they still may not have gotten in. True. Exactly. True. So, But, you know, the other thing about you mentioned training camp is this has been an odd summer. The cap's going so long. You had the All-Star game here. Training camp's kind of sneaking up on us. Usually July is all about All about waiting for training. Yeah. Now it's like, man, it's right here. So maybe that is a good thing. Yeah, you know what? I think to me, this is going to be probably the most intriguing uh, camp for me in terms of they got a lot of young talent. Like Shanahan used to say, there's competition at every, every position. position. Competition, competition. So I think a lot of guys, I agree with Chris, there will be some good football players cut from this team. Mm-hmm. Just because. Which is what you, which is a good it's thing. what you want. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing. You know, people, a lot of fans are going to lament over the fact that this guy is, is, is not here and this guy got cut. But if they get cut, they cut for a reason because right. there are a lot of guys, young guys that can play, mm-hmm. and they will push veterans. They will push each other. So I think the competition level is going to be way up. I think it's going to be entertaining to see. I think you're going to see some surprise players that mm-hmm. maybe you never heard of or maybe you thought, you know, couldn't rise up to the occasion. And I think it's probably going to be very entertaining, and I'm going to say competitive for the 100th time. And and Fabian Moreau. Exactly. I think – but here's the other thing uh, – you're, I think you're going to see a relief and a fresh start from everybody on right. this team with the quarterback thing. I agree. The Robert Griffin the third, Kirk Cousins, five years is done, is over. Alex Smith is one of the – and he's, he seems like – And Alex, the fact that Cousins was talking about last week – don't get me started on this now. <laughs> Chris, I sent you the text about being a leader. He goes, oh, yeah. I was just a fourth-round pick in Washington. You made $47 million in two, in two years, years you didn't want to leave. In two years. Yeah, yeah, Kurt. You, you're Kurt, robbing him blind. You know no, I'm going to call him Kurt. Kurt, you know what? Enough. <laughs> Enough. Have fun filling the shoes of Case Keenum in Minnesota. I mean, he's really in a no-win spot, right? I mean, I don't want to get up on, you know, like on another thing here, but he's Kurt's got no in excuses. a no-win right. because if he takes him to the NFC Championship game, he's just doing what Case Keenum did. He's yep. got to go to the Super Bowl. Right. And as we've seen, Kirkies ain't too good when the pressure's on the line. Right. Kirkies. Kirky. All right. On that note, I will join you guys from Richmond next week. Yes. All right. 
And Dimitri will be back from assignment. Hopefully. Well, you'll have to grill him on where he was. Is he's he right in, the, in the other window? He's right. over there. I, I see You're him Trying now. to give everybody a different, you know, perception. No, people. He's, he's just next door. All That's right. it. All right. <laughs> no Chris, mystery. Chris Chase, good luck at training camp. We'll talk to you guys All right, soon Chris. as well. Thanks for listening to the DMV Sports Roundtable on Twitter. You can find us on. What do you say? What? <laughs> you said on Twitter? No, I said you can find us where you oh, can I'm sorry, find you just us. Said on Twitter. DMV Sports Round <laughs> 1 podcast app. Podcast, podcast one, app, one app and WTOP, WTOP app and WTOP.com. You can find me at DMV Sports 2015 on Twitter and George Wallace at G Wallace WTOP. At G Wallace WTOP. Yes. The very on same. Twitter. If you want to, you know, give us a follow. And if you follow me, I'll follow you back. What a guy. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week.